Hey, and welcome back to another edition of the Tomahawk Take Podcast. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me as always is Alan. Hello there. And Fred. Good evening. And we are pretty much one month through the season. By the time this goes out, we'll be uh, the month of April will be in the books. And the Braves have done a pretty good job treading water, I would say. Um, I know that's probably most people would consider this month a bit of a disappointment considering the schedule and everything. And um, But, you know, the Braves are coming out of the, this month pretty much around 500, and the rest of the, rest of the National League East hasn't done it much either. So, I mean, the, we're, we're recording this on Thursday. If the Braves were to win, you know, they could take over sole possession of first place potentially. Um, so, I mean, it's been definitely been an up-and-down month for the Braves. I think they've kind of weathered through that. Hopefully this will be their worst run of baseball that they play. Obviously they've had to deal with some injuries, mainly to the starting pitching. But, uh, Alan, overall, you know, a decent month of April for the Braves. Obviously would hope for them to, to do much better. But, you know, sometimes you got to just survive these slow starts like this, and I feel like they've done that. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about that today is like, how would I summarize the, the month of April? And I guess I'd, I'd say weathering the storm. Uh, things could have gotten a lot worse in terms of the, uh, uh, the injury outlook and, and, and such. And I mean, shoot, we're on our third center fielder. You could look at it right there that way. But, uh, the, the hitting has been terrible. The, the pitching has been spotty in times. And yet somehow they're, <laughs> they're actually in first place by half a game right now. <laughs> so that's kind of crazy to believe. And, uh, you know, overall looking at the NL East, I, I expected teams to sort of beat each other up, but I don't know that I expected it to this degree. I also didn't expect the hitting overall to be so terrible across the board. So Atlanta, I guess, has done better than most other clubs in that respect. That isn't to say things are great. The first three games against these these Cubs uh, have certainly provided a little bit of a of a healing or at least a uh, respite from the from the up and down we've seen. But uh, still, got to be a team that needs to get their act together in in a in a better way. And if they can get some guys healthy, which seems to be the case uh, here soon. Uh, then perhaps we can uh, get over that hump. Yeah, and Fred, I mean, the Braves definitely have had an up-and-down month. I mean, they, they'll win four, they'll lose four, and then they'll just look terrible as they did this past Sunday against the Diamondbacks, losing that, that doubleheader. Again, just one of the more embarrassing performances I've ever seen from a Braves team. But then they come back and play two of their best games I've seen all, all season uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday against the Cubs. So just a lot of inconsistency from this Braves team in general. Well, the Cubs can make anybody look good. Well, except the Mets. But the Cubs can make anybody look good. Playing a Triple A team makes you look good, especially when they the Triple A team doesn't have its stars in the lineup, and then the Cubs didn't. Uh, but you know, Ozzy's starting to hit, sort of. And and for me, again, I've said before, Ozzy's my guy. He's the guy that's got to. He's the guy who's got to step up and and take something on here because he lengthens the lineup and makes it makes it better. Uh, and Swanson's coming around. He's going to be fine, I think. But Ozzy, for me, he's the he's a key in this. And and when are they? I mean, I love Ajax. I know I know you know what can pitch to him. But when are we going to get Contreras? Because we we need a we need not to have two pitchers in the lineup. Well, as long as you know what pitches, I guess he can hit for Jackson. But <laughs> but uh, Ajax isn't out. He hadn't hit a ball hard. And and Contreras can hit. He may not be as good defensively, but he can hit. And uh, I you know, I don't know. I just think 
I think they've got to get another more, another bat, another better bat in the lineup. They can't have two empty spots or possibly three if, or if somebody doesn't pick it up. They're going to Toronto. Uh, Toronto's tough. Toronto's tough. Now, they'll get a DH down there. So we'll see Pablo in the game. But, uh, uh, yeah, I just think, you know, we're going to have to pick it up. Like Alan said, the lineup has got to continue to hit. And if they do that, we'll be fine. If they don't, then there'll be a problem. Yeah, for sure. I think the offense is the biggest issue for me. Um, they, they've got, they've got to pick it up. Uh, I mean, they had the hot start from Ronald Acuna and kind of wasted that. They should have done, you know, won a lot more games while he was in that hot stretch. Um, and Freddie started to pick it up here lately. Uh, it has some other guys. I mean, Riley's, uh, Riley's hitting well, but we won't go down that road. We talk a lot about Riley. Um, but he's at least getting results right now. Uh, Dansby had a, a good game the other night. So, I mean, they're starting to get those performances. Players are starting to step up, step up a little bit. Uh, it's just the consistency. And, and that's always kind of been my problem with this offense in general. You know, they'll have nights where they'll just frustrate you. And then the next night they'll score 10 runs. So, uh, I've always kind of felt the way that this offense is designed, it's designed to kind of be inconsistent. Um, so again, but it's a bit frustrating, uh, but I think the offense is, is the key here to get the Braves going. They got to step up, uh, up and down the lineup. Uh, but, uh, Alan, you mentioned the injuries. So I wanted to go through some of those real quickly because like you said, we could be getting, uh, some progress on that soon. Um, Chris Martin could be back sometime next week. Newcomb is set to be back over the weekend in Dunedin against the Blue Jays. Um, and Freed threw batting practice on Thursday, and he could be back for the National Series next week. Uh, and then Soroka began throwing, but it sounds like he's going to have to start his uh, preseason routine all over again. So I would expect it to be at least a month, probably a month and a half, maybe two uh, before we see Soroka again. But uh, by the end of next week, I mean, we could have Newcomb, Chris Martin, and Max Freed all back, uh, and Alan, that'll, that'll be huge for the pitching staff. Uh, anytime you can get guys like that uh, going again, uh, that's a big plus. You know, we looked at the, the bullpen and the rotation early on, of course, and, and point to those guys as leaders or at least uh, influencers in the way that the, the whole staff can get uh, run. Newcomb, admittedly, we didn't know what to expect uh, when we were coming in, but he's been a pleasant surprise in, in a short-term uh, role in the bullpen. And if he can continue to harness that uh, fastball like he's been doing, then he should be very uh, welcome to, to uh, sight to see when he comes back. So uh, anything that uh, can lengthen this this bullpen, uh, give those guys some break, uh, is going to be a help for for the entire team and, and bolster the the entire uh, outlook for the pitching staff. So I'm I'm excited to see those guys back. Uh, just hope nobody else goes down in the meantime because, I mean, injuries are inevitable. Injuries are what you have to weather, which is why we we preach depth all the time. And it, if you can get through those things, then uh, you're in good shape as a team. Yeah, fortunately, Fred, for the Braves, they've had some starters that have stepped up in the rotations with the injuries. Uh, and specifically, I wanted to talk about Ian Anderson because we now have a pretty big sample size on him at the major league level. And he, he remains to be very good. Um, now I never considered him to be an ace type pitcher. I think he's probably more of a two or three, but, uh, Fred, the way he's, he's pitched so far in his major league career, he's looking like an, an ace type guy. 
Well, you know, we, we say that. Look, I love Ian Anderson because he goes right at people, and he, nothing shakes him up. He doesn't care. You can't tell where he's down three or up three. I love that about him. It reminds me he's Glavin-esque when he's like that. He's on the mound. He can't tell whether he's winning or losing. He's just doing his thing. A good two or three will step up and carry a team for a while. I mean, that happens, and and he's that he's that guy. I think he's he's a three plus, maybe a two B. I don't think he's an ace. I just he can come out and he can shut people down, but at the same time he can they can get to him. He's not a true strikeout kind of guy. But I love Andy. I'm, I think he's been the savior of the team so far. Him and him and Yanoa, who uh, and gee whiz, who thought he would do that? But. Um, uh, yeah, I they without them this team is in real trouble. Max injured, uh, and I'd have no idea where you go without Ian and and uh, Huskar. Um, it, they've been really good. I really hope that Newcomb has accepted that he can be the uh, Andrew Miller of this team mm-hmm. because he's got the stuff to do that, and he looks like he can do it pretty consistently, or he's had looked like he can do it pretty consistently. If he could just not walk people, he'll be fine. And I, he didn't, he wasn't doing that before he went on the COVID thing earlier this year. I think he's important. And I think Martin's important. And I think getting another right-handed in that, in that pen, whether it's promoting Arnaud or somebody, we just have too many lefties out there that can't go both ways. Um, Matt gets to step back when Newcomb comes forward. It just makes the pen a lot better. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've, I'm really looking forward to seeing Newcomb back. And, uh, Martin come back. And I'm hoping that, uh, it'll let, give the other guy, let the other guys exhale a little bit because I think they've been a little tight. Yeah, I think that's a great point about the bullpen. And that's why I may be more excited about Newcomb and Martin coming back than even Freed at this point because, uh, like you said, Anderson and Eno have stepped up in the rotation. And, uh, but it's the bullpen where I think, you know, we need some help the most. Um, now I think Mentor and Matzik and Smith have done a, a solid job, not great. But like you said, I think getting getting Newcomb, getting Martin in there will help alleviate some of the pressure at the back end. Uh, and and the Braves really just need that right-handed arm and, and Martin. Uh, they're really just are missing that. I mean, you're having to go with with Nate Jones from the right side a lot, and you know he, he can he can go for for all I yeah, care. Watch right your now. language. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, get, getting those two back, I think, are, are going to be huge and, and and be key. So. Um, but Alan, I wanted to talk about Enoa for a second because I wrote about him on Thursday at TomahawkTake.com, so make sure you go check that out. But uh, his his numbers are a little um, weird, I guess you could say, looking at his baseball savant page because he's given up a lot of hard contact this year. I mean, his his expected ERA is like four point six, so you could say he's been a little bit lucky. But at the same time, you know, he's He's done some things with his pitch repertoire. He's started to throw the sinker a little bit more to keep hitters off his fastball. So I think there definitely has been some progression there, but I don't know if I fully believe the breakout for you, Noah. Well, he did have that one bad game, and I wonder if that's skewing some of the results that you're seeing there in in those numbers. Uh, I mean, overall, he's had... What, um, I'm trying to figure out how many starts. I don't think he started everything. Well, maybe... uh, yeah, he had, he had one relief appearance to begin with, and then one, two, three, four, five starts since then. One of those starts, he gave up six earned runs. Everything else has been zero, two, one, and zero. So I think you have to throw out that one uh, bad start as a as a uh, anomaly, 
It actually was against the Cubs, but uh, everything else have been really, really good. Uh, his his K's per nine have been solid. Uh, of course, everybody's striking out everybody this this year, so I'm not sure how much that matters. Uh, his walks have been under control. He's kept the ball in the ballpark. All the kinds of things that you want to see out of a starter. And as Fred said, where would we be without him, really? Uh, he, he has been right there and certainly uh, keeping the starting rotation afloat, really. From the beginning of the year, we thought Bryce Wilson was going to be the fifth starter, and he was kind of hanging around, not uh, being added to the roster simply because um, they didn't need him at that point yet. And then they gave you know us uh, some innings, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a minute, we're going to give him the fifth starter spot. <laughs> he stole it from Bryce Wilson, effectively, and that's had to be because everybody uh, saw on the bench what. Uh, what these numbers are now showing is that uh, he's very uh, good at what he's doing, and he's not being phased by anything, including <laughs> swinging a bat. It turns out, so I I do think that um, that one start we shouldn't hold that too much against him. Um, the fact that he's been doing very well uh, aside from that, and has essentially recovered from that without having any ill effects. Um, is huge, and if he continues to go out there and throw five and six innings consistently, then uh, the Braves really have something here. And, yeah. uh, and he has four starts, and his four starts other than that one, he's got a 1.38 ERA, and he's he's, stri- he's striking out uh, about 11 per nine. Yeah. Definitely changed up some things a little bit that I think is leading to a lot of his success, so uh, hopefully it, it's for real. Hopefully it can continue. We talked about it in the preseason a lot. You know, the biggest thing for Enoa was just getting over that hump. He he would get into those innings uh, where he'd get into a jam and things would just snowball on him and he couldn't get out of it. But uh, he's kind of overcome that now a couple of times. He's had a, a couple of games like the one the other night where he just really didn't get into any jams, so uh, he didn't really have a chance to get over it. But He's gotten out of those situations this year, and I think that's been huge for his confidence to know that he can get out of that and he can go deep into games now. So uh, I certainly you know, think that's a great positive sign for Enoa. Definitely much needed for the Braves in the starting rotation. So happy to see it for him. Let's go outside of just the Braves for a minute. Let's take a look at the NLEs because we touched on it a minute ago, and nobody's really run run away from this division. I mean, everybody is pretty much around 500. Like you said, Alan, coming into the day on Thursday, um, because the Phillies had lost a, a game that afternoon, the Braves had a half-game lead in the NL East with a 12-12 and record, meaning everybody else in the division has a had a losing record. Um, so it, it's a bit unusual. I still think NL East is a very good division, but – uh, you know, I think they, the team, these teams will beat each other up a little bit. But Fred, who's been your biggest surprise or disappointment in the NLE so far? Well, the Mets are going to Mets, aren't they? I mean, <laughs> uh, until uh, until the Braves won, there was what the other night. There wasn't a team in the NL East above 500. Uh, uh, sit on that for a second. The t- division was going to be the roughest. Didn't have a team above 500 until the Braves went 500, and 
the uh, I think that the surprise for me is is the Mets being that bad. Uh, Degrom has now allowed two runs this year, one run in two games, and lost both of those games. And uh, meanwhile, the Phillies have been really good. Girardi's got them ticking pretty well. Uh, so that's the contest there. I think the Mets can't be this bad all year, uh, can they? Uh, but, uh, and the Phillies, I'm not sure they're this good all year. But right now, the NL East is a disappointment for me anyway. You look around, I expected better baseball from, from those three teams anyway. And, and any time Scherzer and Strauss were on the mound, I expected it from the Nationals. But they just ha- there just hasn't been any good baseball except for Philadelphia there, uh, who are who are playing I think above their head for a little bit, and that's down to Girardi. But uh, boy, this uh, the East is sure a disappointment this year, and <laughs> it's there for the taking, and it's going to remain there for the taking. If we could go roll, if you could rat- rattle off ten in a row, uh, you could leave the East in the dust. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's what I guess that's what's kind of frustrating about the Braves slow start too is that you know they've had an opportunity here to kind of run away from run away with things and create some distance and they just haven't been able to do that so far but uh, Alan through one month who who's the team in the East right now that scares you the most if any? I think it's still the Phillies. Um, yeah. I, I am a little bit different from Fred here in that I've been concerned about them all along uh, because they've improved their bullpen significantly. Now, the surprise from them is that there's 16 runs underwater in their run differential. That didn't I didn't expect because I would have expected their their offense to to continue to carry them even as their their pitching was still coming along. So their pitching is actually kind of holding up, and certainly the 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 bullpen is is helping them a lot there. Uh, so I think they're still kind of dangerous uh, overall. In terms of the the team that I'm surprised, uh, well, I, I point to surprises all up and down here. The Nationals I'm actually not surprised at, though, because I expected their health to be an issue, and it has been. Uh, they're, they're still scuffling and trying to get uh, all their players on the field at the same time, and that's why they're 9-12 and 12 right now. So if you, um, if they can get going, then they might have a shot, but I, I really think that's going to be difficult for them. The Marlins are, have been a little better than expected, despite the fact that, uh, in theory, they don't have any offense, but then their run differential is actually plus 12. Go figure. So their pitching is, is still going to be solid. Their, uh, offense has always been the suspicion, uh, the suspect part of their, uh, their attack, and I don't know how that's going to continue to translate through the rest of the year, but uh, at the moment they're hanging in there. The Mets, uh, unbelievable. Uh, the fact that Jacob deGrom has actually provided most of the offense when he's pitched is is the uh, the story there, and I don't understand what what's going on given all the the guys that got their lineup that should be hitting and if if we talk about the uh, problems that the Braves have had it, had with um their offense these guys have had all that and more uh so the the Mets are should have been running away with it given the, the troubles of everybody else but they have been able to uh, punch their way out of a wet paper bag so uh Atlanta Meanwhile, is kind of well, like I say, treading water, weathering the storm. 
they should have uh, about five games above 500. They should be five games above 500 right now and just aren't because they continue to be up and down. So yeah, there, there's lots of reasons to complain about every team in the division, as it turns out. And it's just a matter of who's going to get healthy first, who's going to uh, finally get their act together first. And who knows when that's going to happen? Because uh, right now I'm looking at the uh, the month of May, and that's going to be a little tricky uh, for the Braves because there there's not going to be a lot of pushovers there. Yeah, yeah, it could be the race to, to 82 wins here is is what it's looking like in the East. I don't think that's the way it'll it'll play out. Somebody will get hot um, and kind of separate themselves. Hopefully, that's going to be the Braves, but. We'll have to see. This race is going to be tight all year, just like we thought it would, but maybe in a different way as these teams are, are not as good as we thought they were going to be. But, uh, again, it's just one month of baseball, so still a lot of time left for this to be decided. So I think as a Braves fan, you're, at one part of you, you're happy because, I mean, you're, you're essentially in first place even though you haven't had a great month of April. Uh, but at the same time, like I said earlier, you know, you know they could have done more. They could have created they had an opportunity to create some separation there and just weren't able to do it uh and then lastly the minor league baseball season is going to be starting next week and i'm really excited for that obviously not having a minor league season uh last year so i'm really pumped up for the start of minor league baseball we'll definitely be going out uh to watch my local birmingham barons play a lot this year um but also just to see some of these prospects that we haven't seen in a long time uh, I'm really excited to to see some of these guys and see what they can do, how they've progressed with the time off, and uh, possibly some of them being able to make a, an impact at the big league level this year. So, uh, Fred, who are some prospects that you are, and it doesn't even have to be Braves, but who are some prospects you haven't seen in a while that you're really excited uh, to see this summer? Well, I haven't seen any of the minor league prospects that weren't on the alternate site last year for a while. Uh, I really want to see if Waters can stop air conditioning Georgia and start striking out at a rate that's acceptable. Um, I, they're going to need him either down the line or certainly in next year uh, to be the guy, or to be a guy that comes up and uh, puts puts the ball in play. And I, I really, I really want him to be able to do that uh, because I, to me, if we move to the DH, which I think we will next year. And they, they shove Ozuna into that spot. Then you got to play somebody in the outfield. And, uh, with all due respect, everybody won't Adam Duvall back. He's hitting 188, folks. Get off of that, will you please? Uh, but Waters is in the house. He costs almost nothing. And if, if he can hit, uh, then he's an answer. If he can't hit, then we have another problem. I want to see him. I want to see the pitchers. I want to see, see the uh, uh, Victor Vodniks come up, the, the the relievers with the big arms come up. And I'm interested to see Kyle Muller again get on the mound and do some work and get into some kind of groove where he's not throwing the ball all over the place. He's, he's actually striking people out. I really want to see the prospects uh, become prospect-worthy again and uh, see if we can make something out of that because uh, it doesn't appear – that Alex Anthopoulos is ever going to trade for anybody. 
So the people that we have, the people that we have are going to have to come through. And the ones who are going to have to come through are the big names at the top of the list and maybe a couple of little ones down below like Harris, uh, as well. But, uh, I think Harris is going to start double A and he's couple, he's a year, year and a half, two years away. But uh, Waters has come through for me. Vodnik's got to turn up and be available in the pen and Kyle Muller has got to come up and be ready to pitch. Yeah. Harris is the one for me. I've been really high on Michael Harris for, a long time now. I want to see if, you know, he can duplicate that success he had in the, the A ball level, uh, and do it at a higher level. Obviously, you know, turned a lot of heads in spring training, uh, a really talented young player. So really excited to see what he can do. But Alan, who, who are you looking forward to seeing at the minor league level this year? Well, since we named them all already. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, um, no, seriously, I, I think that, uh, the idea of, see these prospects be prospects again. I think you put that well, uh, Fred, because we haven't seen these guys. We haven't seen what they can do. We haven't uh, had a chance to look at their stats and, and see where they're, they're going to shake out. And in fact, I want to see where they end up. Where are they, are they going to start, uh, Shea Langeliers, for instance? Where are they going to start Michael Harris out? Are they going to skip a level or, or show some indication that they're almost major league ready by going all the way to double A or triple A? It's those kind of things that I want to see because those are going to be an indication of how much progress they've made while undercover. And I say that as uh, undercover, meaning while hidden behind closed doors and, and doing their, their thing in front of coaches only last year. So it, it's those kind of things that I want to see shake out, see what the rosters look like, and go from there and see how they progress against actual real competition for the first time in a year and a half. Yeah, absolutely. It's been such a long time for some of these players. I, I just really want to see them back out competing again. I, I have no idea what's going on in these alternate training sites, and I don't think many people do. So it'll be great to see them in, in actual games, be able to see a box score for some of these players and what they're they're able to do. I think you touched on a great point with Langoliers because uh, I'm really curious about the catcher position going forward. Obviously, TDA is a free agent. After this season, obviously, I don't believe Alex Jackson is the future. I do like Contreras. I don't know why they haven't gone to him sooner, other than the fact they want him to get everyday reps, I guess. And I guess he's getting that at the alternate training site. And he's got some things to clean up defensively as well. I understand that. But, yeah, I'm really interested in those two catchers, Contreras and Langoliers, see how they progress this year and whether or not they're going to be ready for next season. I think that'll be fun to watch. Braden Shoemaker will be fun to watch as well to see if he can um, be the future shortstop for the team. I don't personally think he's that guy, but I know a lot of people do. So, you know, I want to, to see him get some more reps there, see uh, what he can do at the higher levels and how quickly he can be ready um, to make his, his debut. So, yeah, I mean, just really excited to see these minor league players out there, to see these prospects uh, playing again. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be watching a, a lot of minor league baseball this year. Uh, really tough not having it at all last season. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to mention is that the Braves are increasing capacity to a hundred percent. So, uh, certainly awesome news for Braves and Braves fans. I've been to, I've been to the first two home series, the first one at 30 or 33% capacity and the last one at 50% capacity. And those were electric crowds in themselves. So I can only imagine how crazy it's going to be when the Braves are back to a hundred percent capacity. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, but that will do it for this episode of the Tomahawk Take Podcast. Make sure that you check out our work over on the website at tomahawktake.com. And make sure that you follow us on Twitter at TomahawkTakeFS. 
uh, and we will talk to you next time. This has been the April Showers at Better Dang Well Bring Us May Flowers edition of the Tomahawk Take Podcast, which is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of their participants because Minute Media has washed their hands on the whole affair. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Mr. Exposition. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other selections used come via rights purchased by TomHawkTake.com. Hey, thanks for tuning into the podcast today, and we want to make sure that we're clear on one point. May flowers are not the same as Tyler flowers. Our bullpen crew is good to go on back-to-back weeks, so we'll see you all out for the next day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.